You're listening to the Oz Movies Podcast, only on the Oz Network. Welcome to, to the, the Oz to Network. The Oz Network. Can you ever let me do an introduction? Just like to uh, back we're back on the Oz Network, uh, as promised at the end of our Tomb Raider. The first of at least four review episodes this week. Uh, it's been a busy three weeks because this is the episode we've been promising you for the last three weeks a movie that everybody's already seen now so we might as well be calling it a spoiler review uh but this will still remain spoiler free for the 13 people out there who have not seen red sparrow yet my name is colin and we got dongs on this episode what my name is jamie and i have no clue what you're talking about so the thing you kept wanting to talk about in this movie is that we get a full frontal shot of a male penis. Oh, yeah. <laughs> there, we got dongs. We got dongs. Okay, I get it now. Uh, which is funny because this movie, there was so much publicity about Jennifer Lawrence's first nude scene and stuff like that. And we'll get to that a little later on. We'll talk a little bit about the movie first. But I, I found it to be very awkward. But, yeah, there was also some male dongs in this episode. Uh, or this movie, and there will be in this episode too. Not actual ones. I am clothed right now, but <laughs> we're off to a great start. Uh, let's get on with it here. Red Sparrow. We saw this three weeks ago, which means you remember absolutely nothing about this movie. Uh, I hope you've learned your lesson. And next time when I say, "Do you want to record now?" As soon as we get home, you'll be like, "Sure," and not, "Now nah, we'll do it tomorrow for the next twenty days." Uh, what did you think about Red Sparrow? It was, uh, I thought it was a good movie. I, you know, when You're we... struggling to remember which movie Red Sparrow was right now. <laughs> no, I remember, but um, as you said, I mean, my memory is so bad that, you know, it, it, my head can only hold something for so long and then I let go of it. But I still remember, though, when we were leaving the theater and I was like, oh, that was actually a really good movie. You know, I liked the story for what it was. Da, da, da. I liked it. And you, and you just kind of looked at me and you're like, eh, <laughs> eh, it was okay. And I was like, what? I was like, I thought it was really good. Yeah. Um, Not like amazing, like, oh, this is such a creative movie and it's a classic and I'll remember it for the rest of my life. I've already forgotten it, but... Well, okay, here's the thing. I mean, this is kind of my genre. I love spy movies. And whether it is a James Bond movie, Mission Impossible, um, something like The Constant Gardener or Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy, Bourne movies... Or even just a straight-to-Netflix bad spy movie. I'll watch it. So I was going to see this regardless. And I'm not saying my expectations were super high with this. But, like, the trailer seemed so cool. It told you nothing about the movie. But just, it, it had this cool feeling to it that felt like it would have been, you know, this this really modern type of Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy or Skyfall-style spy movie. And what we got was just, it was almost just nothing. I mean... I'm not saying that there's anything bad about this movie, but is it just me, or is this a two and a half hour long movie with approximately 20 minutes of story? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it seemed like the story was kind of missing from some of it. I know what you mean, but um, I did have a question for you. Did did it make, because I know you're such like a shy and reserved person like that, did it make you physically uncomfortable to see people naked? No. Uh... <laughs> It didn't make me physically uncomfortable. Um, it was it was the way it was shot, which I found was more amusing. If you know anything about movie making, which we'll talk about that in a minute. See, you, you immediately want to talk about the nudity in this movie. <laughs> I'm like, ah, there was only about 20 minutes of story. Like, yeah, a little bit lacking the story. So on to the dongs you and know, the boobs. You know what? It's funny because there's this misconception among people today that um, 
it's, you know, guys are pervs and guys are, you know, dirty and always talking about like boobs and everything else like that. And for the most part, actually, from what I've witnessed in my entire life on this earth of almost 30 years, it's, it's actually the complete opposite. <laughs> Women are the sickos. <laughs> I think like, we're like heck yeah with men it's almost half a joke most of the time with women i think they, they take it more seriously they just hide it better yeah. um but back to the movie we're talking about here so oh, sorry as i got distracted you were saying like my disappointment i'm like eh. as a spy movie i thought it was okay uh because we didn't get a story and spy movies should have stories so complicated you have to see it three times like that was Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy to me. Uh, you'll you'll even remember because I was watching. You, you often take offense as if I'm insinuating you're dumb when I'm not. But uh, when I saw Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy, I'm like, that was like the best movie of the year. I'm like, that's one of the greatest spy movies I've ever seen. And you're like, oh well, maybe I should watch it. I'm like, you're not gonna like it. <laughs> and you're like, why? I'm like, it is really complicated. And you're like, uh, I'm not stupid. I'm like, I'm not saying you are stupid, but. I watched all of Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy and then immediately watched it again because I needed to rewatch the first 20 minutes to find out what the movie was about. So it took approximately two views to understand the movie. You watched Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy, uh, or watched, I said, fine, watch the first 20 minutes of the movie. You watched it, you're like, uh, yeah, I get what's going on here. You basically described the plot to me, and I'm like, yeah, okay, wow. You want to finish watching the movie? She goes, no, let's watch something else. <laughs> see but i got it though but like that's what i expect out of a spy movie not everyone has to be that but this one is just it was so uncomplicated for a trailer that basically shows you nothing i was expecting it's kind of top secret there's uh not top secret you know as in spoilers or whatever but that the storyline would be so complicated that you just have to experience this movie and that drew me into the movie and then we got an hour of spy training school which i liked some of that stuff and then the story was just, every once in a while, they cut back to this story, which the basic story is about Joel Edgerton's character, who's this American spy. He was hot in this movie. Okay, I knew it wouldn't take us long to get there. But, uh, yeah, so Joel Jer Edgerton... Jeremy Irons is hot, too. Yeah, we'll add him to your Patrick Stewart uh, list here of uh, grandpas. He's, he's, he's on my old man Pinterest board. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> No, just joking. I, I don't actually have one of those. It's it's just called um, Man Candy. Yeah, but, <laughs> we've but, talked about it on here. But I should actually have, create a new board that's, well, private still too, because I am classy. Even though I'm, I'm, <laughs> You're classy. <laughs> I'm classy. <laughs> Quotes that will be on our year-end episode. You know, because I am still classy. <laughs> I, I may be perverted, but I am classy. So yeah, I that's a good idea. Okay, I don't have my phone with me, but when we're done this episode, I need to go start right, an old yeah. man, man candy board. <laughs> okay, we'll get a list at the end of this. But anyways. Um, Ger yeah, they, 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 geriatric candy. <laughs> <laughs> geriatric Skittles. Uh, this is when we're trying to focus on an episode. Can everybody listening right now imagine what our conversations, our actual conversations are like in this marriage? Or, or you know how they have like uh, those, the, like those little... Like fat cakes that you could eat, like the, you know, those Joss Joss Lewis and Twinkies jo and stuff. Who's Joss Lewis? <laughs> That's the name of one of the Joss little... Lewis. Yeah, one one of the little fat cakes you can eat. They have ones called Ding Dongs. I should <laughs> <laughs> I should just call. I'm classy. <laughs> I should just have it named Geriatric Ding Dongs. Okay. Anyways, I'll just wrap I'm up so my point. Funny. It, it doesn't really matter at this point. Um. <laughs> There wasn't much story in this movie. Move on. You want to talk about... <laughs> what I... 
I guess all the publicity for this movie has been, which, funny enough, is Jennifer Lawrence's first nude scene. Now, I understand she's the big star, and Joel Edgerton is not nude in this movie, but there is another male, or, or more than one male, who's nude in this movie as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and we see the full-fledged dong. Um, that's what you came to talk about. But let me get to what my awkwardness is here, okay? So this isn't i'm not gonna make this anything about equal rights or whatever you know people want to say we've been talking about this like uh women are objectified movies like this it's like well this is a perfect example men are objectified movies like this uh we see a guy stand there full wide shot close-up shots his full body full frontal naked in this movie now they don't draw attention to it this isn't something where it's you know borderline porn it, it in the context is supposed to be very uncomfortable this is part of their spy training where they just make them strip to be kind of ashamed and say, hey, you need to get over that. This is what your life is going to be. You're going to have to sell yourself, you know, and all that. So this guy is full frontal naked. Jennifer Lawrence comes up for her scene. And yes, she is naked in this movie. Uh, but it's kind of a jigsaw puzzle of nudity. <laughs> this yeah. is going to sound weird. But you see them shoot her just from the right side of her body and up from the waist up then it'll be her left leg and down and it's really weird that it's almost it, to me i immediately saw this as like a contract negotiation where she's like i'll do the nudity i will do a full nude shot but you are never allowed to show my entire nude body in one shot so we get here's one third of her nude body now here's half of it now here's one eighth and now here's two eighths and I I, 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 I think that one you day, just don't remember, right? Though, no, no, I remember. I, I remember seeing the whole full frontal. But, but boob, if there boob. was, it was a brief shot, and then everything else we saw were these weird shots where you could tell this is trick filmmaking. And there's, I guess, Stanley Kubrick's last movie that was famous for. It was supposed to be like so sexual, like this movie, and there's this big orgy scene or whatever, and the studio forced them to put digital objects in there to to block a lot of the nudity. Where you would see, you know, a vase all of a sudden blocking something in the shot, and in a way, and I'm not one. I, like you said, I'm more uncomfortable when I see nudity movies than anything else. You're, but you're so shy. When I'm watching so Eyes Wide Shut, I'm like, it actually doesn't make sense. You watch the movie, and it takes you out of the movie. And I'm not sitting there wanting to see the nudity because I'm not sick like you. I am classy. To, 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 to this day, we've been married for over five years now, and if I say the S word, <laughs> S E X, if See, and even, like, before I say it, he's like... Ah, no, no, it's ah. not, no, it's if, not if, laughing. If, it's... If, if, if I say the word sex, Colin's like, Jamie, don't say that! Okay, no, that's not exactly the way it is. But anyways, <laughs> it is. my point is, even in Eyes Wide Shut, it immediately took you out of the movie. Because here's this movie that shows you everything. We're not going to hold anything back. This movie is edgy. And it's the same thing with Red Sparrow. They're like, we're edgy. You know, we're, we're dramatic. We're in your face. Now we're going to show you something so shocking. Jennifer Lawrence's nude body. But here's one-eighth of it. And now here's one third. And you could tell it's just a filmmaking trick because she had something in her contract that said, never show my whole body at once. And they there may have been one shot in there, but the rest of it is Jigsaw Puzzle Nude Lawrence. I don't remember. When when this comes out on Blu-ray, I will show it to you and then we'll do, maybe we'll break it up like a Jigsaw Puzzle. I, I, I would actually like to own it on Blu-ray and not... Well, not, we could... could we, not, not because... Let's just get to the reviews now. Episode over, 12 minutes in. Not, not because of the nudity or whatever, but I actually enjoy it. Again, I thought it was an interesting movie. Okay, well, I, I think I think it's interesting to try to put yourself in that type of situation where, you know, this could be a real situation where you could be a spy for the government and and you know like who, who knows maybe you know there is 
uh, something like this somewhere on Earth, Russia. Or oh yeah, this else. is based on. But something but that's they really do. that's what I'm saying. Like it's interesting to try to put yourself in that situation and be like, well, how would you feel, and could you do that for your country? To talk even, about even if you did actually commit a crime. To talk about what I liked about this movie is that it was authentic because I've I've read a lot of books on like real spies and stuff like that, and the guy who wrote the book that this movie is very loosely based on. Uh, worked for the CIA, and it's the same reason I like the TV show The Americans, which comes back next week. Very excited. We will not be covering it because I can't find anybody else who watches The Americans since Noah's too busy. But um, that was written by a guy who worked for the CIA. So there's something authentic here that you only get out of these books, uh, you know, these declassified things that are out there, and these books from ex-operatives and stuff like that. Where this is like real spy work. This isn't something where it's gadgets and everything like that. Uh, it's what real spies do, and a lot of it are things like like notes. Here's this tiny note that, that, that the scene where Joel Edgerton's introduced, and he has this note that uh, he's writing something out in a notebook when he's being called by some automated thing that's just giving him letters and numbers. And then he has to remove, he has to like cut the page a certain way, and then wrap it around a pen. And then if you wrap it around, you can read it on an angle where it gives you your message. Like it's so complicated, but that is what most of spy work was. And this movie's been criticized for kind of being like, I guess, about the more boring aspects of spy life. But that's kind of what I like. And I it, like... It makes it more interesting, though, because it makes it more real. Yeah. And and if you're coming to this expecting to see, you know, a spy movie like James Bond Mission or Impossible. Mission Impossible or Jason Bourne, it's different. This is like real spy works where they're simply spying on people. And there's maybe two or three scenes of actual violence in this movie, fightings, guns, or anything like that. The rest of it is just people doing a lot of talking and a lot of spying. I mean, the basic premise is, as I said, Joel Edgerton's this American spy. And it's about Jennifer Lawrence, who's been trained. These Red Sparrows are basically young people who are trained to be able to kind of turn anybody. And it's it's about her trying to get him to turn uh, to become a double agent for the Russians. Meanwhile, he's like, well, we can turn one of the Red Sparrows, and it's just them playing each other. But you get so little interaction between the two of them, and I liked all the spy training stuff, but that dominated so much of this movie. And then when she does get in there, there's so many other little little things that happen, like with her roommate, that the basic story we should be watching here about her and Joel Edgerton is completely lost. And he's absent from the movie for... for I don't know, maybe two-thirds of this movie, he just sort of checks in and out, and then he sort of comes back in in that, you know, the scene from the trailer where they're both showing off their bodies in their bathing suits. And that's all we really get from him. Like, Joel Edgerton's probably my favorite actor. Like, I mean, up there with, like, Christian Bale or, you know, some of those other guys. And he, I don't even know if you, you remember this, but we saw this trailer for the first time. It was, like, the end of last year or something like that, November or December. And... I'm just seeing this spy movie. I'm like, I'm like freaking out. I'm like, this movie looks awesome. And then the shot comes up of Joel Edgerton in his speedo walking past Jennifer Lawrence in her, you know, bathing suit or whatever. And you're like, oh, I know why you want to watch this movie. And I'm like, yeah. I'm like, I'll watch Joel Edgerton in anything. <laughs> it was probably not. You, you probably for a second like. I'm married to a straight man, right? But it, it's just, I'm, I'm such a huge fan of him. And he's very underutilized in this movie. Like, we do not get near, this should have been two lead characters, because that's what the story is. And he's kind of the experienced agent, so there's going to be more with her in the training stuff. But it, there was just this huge imbalance, and I don't feel like her character was interesting enough to carry it all on her own. Well, you know, one thing that I did like about her is I liked how in the story it seemed like uh, until the end of it, you didn't really realize that, you know, for the whole entire movie, 
with the stories that they were playing out, she was always, you know, two, three, four steps ahead yeah, of well, everybody else. Yeah, well, at times she is, yeah, but... Like, something uh, happens and you're like, oh, what is she going to do now? And then it's just like, oh, she's already figured it out. Yeah, but you see, those are those little side plots that I don't feel add up to what this story should be, which is about these two agents turning each other, you know? Mm-hmm. And Joel Edgerton's great for what we see of him, but I mean, this is too good of an actor to just waste on kind of a supporting role. And we get a lot of other small, like you mentioned Jeremy Irons in there and stuff like that. I didn't feel like I liked any of the characters. And in a spy movie, you're not necessarily supposed to like the characters, but uh, I found some of them mildly interesting. The only character that I really liked was the uncle, who's the one who brings Jennifer Lawrence's character into this. He was so sick, so sleazy, so disgusting and despicable, but like I love this guy. He was so much fun to watch that I wish we'd even had more of him in it. There, Yeah, that guy was really good, but you know one thing that I will give uh, Jennifer Lawrence, though, is I feel like this entire movie, how she played the role and everything like that, is so different from anything she's ever done before. Um, well, I just don't think you've seen enough of her movies. I mean, she kind of, like, do you mean different in that it was just a spy movie or that it was very adult? Um, I don't know, maybe like a little bit of both. Like, she was able to really Mm. play a very serious character. She started in that, and that's the other thing. And, uh, you know, I'm, I've had this discussion with multiple people since before we saw this movie and when we did see this movie, that most people say, yeah, Jennifer Lawrence is okay in the right thing. And, you know, sometimes she's too much and sometimes she's okay. But I've been, like, a huge Jennifer Lawrence fan before Hunger Games. Uh, the first movie she got nominated for an Oscar for, most people didn't even realize Jennifer Lawrence was nominated for an Oscar before she did Hunger Games, before she did Silver Linings. She did this movie called Winter's Bone, which I had, like, no expectations of, and I just saw this movie, and I'm like, this movie's incredible. It was probably one of my favorite movies the whole year it came out. And it was a completely different character. She was playing, like, a teenage girl uh, living in the Ozarks, like, poor, kind of having to take care of her family. But it was a very dark movie, and she was playing kind of this, uh, I guess, very mature adult teenager. So when I saw this movie, I was thinking this is slowly starting to get back to the stuff she's known for, because what most people know her from are either these blockbusters like X-Men or Hunger Games, or these David O. Russell movies like Silver Linings Playbook and American Hustle and everything. Uh, But this is more in line with how she actually started so I'm glad she's going back to that, but I did not find her overly impressive in this movie. I mean, physically, she's overly impressive. It's the couple scenes of action, she pulls it off. She seems like somebody who, who holds the screen. You get that she would succeed as this Red Sparrow, that it's just supposed to be about you, you know, you can turn anybody or whatever. And I, but she was, I just, I didn't find her character. Part of it was that they, they, she was always steps ahead of people and stuff like that. And you, you see that little bits and pieces throughout. But because they were trying to keep her character kind of, you know, uh, under the radar for, to the audience, I didn't feel like I was ever interested in her. Just reading this uh, thing on this page that you're on here talking about Jennifer Lawrence, it's actually kind of interesting when it's talking about, because uh, I actually had completely forgot about this because, I mean, it was like, what, like four years ago? Mm-hmm. Um where because of the iCloud leaks or whatever, yeah. and oh, a- a- Apple's so Apple's so amazing. Yeah, right. Okay. Yeah. Anyways, besides that, um, she had nude photos of her leaked before, and mm-hmm. so that obviously was something that people were thinking in their head. You know, is this something where it's gonna deter her from choosing to be this character and accepting the role and stuff like that because of that? 
But Jennifer explained, and I quote, the insecurity and fear of being judged for getting nude, what I went through, should that dictate the decisions I make for the rest of my life? Mm-hmm. It's actually really interesting to think about too, because this lady, you know, about four years ago, she did have her privacy violated that in that way. And so it's kind of interesting that now she can go on in a role like that to just be like, you know what, screw you, I could do whatever I want with my life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, <laughs> we're back to the nudity there. <laughs> Sorry. But no, that, that, that's yeah, it's interesting because if there's one thing that another thing I guess that this movie does really right, it's that showing these people are being trained. These sparrows, they're being trained very young, and nobody is a spy is ever just they're perfect at everything they do. They're always going to have conflict and stuff. And this movie, when it does have story, it really is about the conflict of you know, uh, will Joel Edgerton remain objective? in trying to turn her or whatever will she remain objective because they even bring attention to that they they say and it's a true thing and there's gonna be people out there like oh that's sexist or whatever it's not but it's a true thing they say you know this job will be harder for women because they they will make more of an emotional connection quicker uh and that's just simply the way it is with men and women but the fact is I like that we see moments where she's very strong and you think she's the weak one. And then there's some of the training scenes where you're like, wow, she's very much on top of this. Uh, and she's, she's on top she, of it. And she's playing these people, even her instructors, and they don't realize it. But then there's other moments like um, there's a torture scene that happens late in the movie, uh, you know, uh, after, I guess, one of the few spy operations we actually get in the spy movie where uh, she's very much beaten down and and you know screaming and hysterical and just in over her head and you don't really know is she playing them or not but it's i like that we got to see those different sides of the character because you have to remember in a movie like this this is what ben and i had big debates on on the tomb raider movies is that the angelina jolie ones they present her to be so superhuman where nothing affected her and she wouldn't even she gets punched in the face and there's no reaction and that's not strong whether you're a man or a woman that's what people complain about in male-driven action movies uh so to see a character that actually does get beaten down physically, this is what we want in even male spy movies. We want to see James Bond in that chair with Le Chief, you know, hitting him in the nuts, <laughs> hitting him in the dong, and we want to see him weakened and actually in tears, whether he's, you know, in tears angry or in tears or whatever. Like, we need to see that in movies like this. So it did do some things right, but it's just, again, going back to the fact that there's really no story. I, I thought about how are we going to do this episode and be it spoiler-free? All I have to say is it's about two agents trying to turn each other. That's all there is to this movie. There really is nothing more. So if you are going into this movie and you're expecting to see something big and, you know, uh, Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy or Skyfall-like, you're not going to get it here. I don't know. I still really liked it. I think that one of the most entertaining things for the whole movie for me is um, all the stuff with the training. I thought when... um there's that guy that was trying to like rape her in the shower or whatever and mm-hmm. then she obviously ended up kicking the crap out well, of him well there's a spoiler um <laughs> we'll leave that one in here but it's because it's not like plot um specific but <laughs> no but then you're talking about the whole scene or whatever where that's what i was referring to i said there's times where she's you think she's not but she's on top of something but um so anyways later or whatever when they're still uh, training her, he all of a sudden comes in and you could see this guy's like beaten half to death. And then, you know, they, they basically tell her to please this guy, to let her give herself to him type of thing. Even though obviously like 
how could she, like, this guy just tried to rape her, like, you would hate somebody for doing that, right? Like, how could you just do that? But they expect her to get over that and just do it. She does do it, and the guy obviously can't do anything. He's, like, pretty much just, like, soft, if that makes sense. I don't know, am I allowed to say that? <laughs> well, you're, you've spoiled one of the most amusing scenes of the movie, but... <laughs> and, and, well, honestly, like you said, though, is, is there anything really that you could spoil? Yeah, I don't know. But, but anyways, the, the thing is, though, is uh, it was one of my favorite parts of the whole movie with them going through the training, not like, not just that scene but just the whole training because even then after you know that happened and obviously he couldn't do nothing to get it up type of thing that the instructor was just like you know what what did he want and she was like power yeah that was literally all that he wanted i guess if there's a theme of this movie it's about power um but it's just not interesting um i i liked it i don't know here's the other thing okay this movie has so much style to it for about 30 40 minutes like when it started i had read one review that said the movie was like all style and no substance uh and i could tell from the trailer this could be like a very stylized movie and i felt like we got a lot of that you know with the the backstory stuff when she was in the ballet and the early stuff with the red sparrow training and then it was almost like movies don't get shot chronologically they don't get edited chronologically but it almost was like they just reached a point where everybody gave up creatively and this just became so generic and so plain and nothing extraordinary about it. Like, we're talking about all these memorable scenes in the movie. I can't think of anything memorable from the second half of this movie. You know, post when these two characters really meet, there's nothing particularly memorable. I, I can think of the one really good scene where we're introduced to Joel Edgerton in the park. Great scene. You know, some of those training scenes with the Red Sparrows. Great scenes. Uh, the The ending of the movie pretty convoluted and complicated probably the only part in the movie where it really feels like a spy movie where they're like they're really doing something different uh and we're not going to give anything away we promise right jamie Mm -hmm. (laughs) but it it was like they they had this movie that was so slow up until this and i've talked about this in other movies that a movie is basically training you for how to follow it if you're watching an extremely fast-paced movie you're going to expect to get that and that's a perfect example of scott pilgrim versus the world which is one of my favorite movies ever that movie starts and it's so fast paced where there's so many things happening. You know, uh, Michael Sarah will say a line and there's gonna be three or four bubbles on the screen as if it's a pop up video. And then there's these lines back and forth and all the characters and people are just standing in the background and doing things that are part of the joke. You need to pay close attention to that movie so you know what you're gonna be getting. So if a movie like Scott Pilgrim vs. the World that's so fast paced and so many little things in there, if you get to the end of the movie and they want to throw a big twist on there, you're with it. You get a movie like this that's so slow where basically the first hour is no story and just all training sequences. And then you have 20 minutes of story in two and a half hours of a movie. When you get to that big climax and suddenly they're throwing 13 things at you, your brain has been trained to move slower than that. So it's not that it's overly complicated, it's but it's one of these things where it doesn't fit the movie. They just threw too much out there right at the end. And I... I, I I didn't feel like it fit. It would have fit in another movie, not in this one. Hmm. Very interesting. <laughs> That's your response because you basically tuned out and weren't listening to a word I was saying. No, I, I did listen. <laughs> it's just I don't know what else to say. All right. I, I said all my ideas. You, all, you said everything you remember about this movie. Yeah. Um, it was good. I liked it. Let's quickly give like an actor roundup here. Uh Jennifer Lawrence, I don't know, would you say this is positive for her? Is it negative? Yeah, I told you. I thought she did really good in the role. She did okay. Her accent is bad. Let's let's at least be honest about that. Her accent is bad. It was entertaining. It was entertainingly bad is what you're saying. Yeah. (laughs) And I'm not saying, like, too many people make too big of a deal about that. 
I'm whatever from it is. Russia. What it is. My name is Jamie. I'm from Russia. Yeah, that's basically what she's doing very over the top. Um, here's another complaint just before we move on. This felt like. Not, it didn't feel like. I was 100% convinced for probably half of this movie that this was a Cold War spy movie, meaning it was taking place probably sometime in the 80s. And it's literally like you get to a point more than halfway through this movie where suddenly something happens, like maybe it was somebody picked up a cell phone or we see a flat screen TV or something like that. I'm like, this is supposed to take place in modern day. Nothing else about this fits modern day. This, The story, the feel, the look of the movie, everything, even the wardrobe, it all looks like something that should have been like Atomic Blonde set in the 80s during the end of the Cold War. It's just, I didn't understand this movie. It, it, I'm not saying it's not relevant, but this is a movie that would have been more relevant if they actually just placed it in the 80s, I think, also. Mm. I, I don't know. I didn't really pay attention to that. But if I had to ask you, what year did this movie take place in, what would you have said if we hadn't already discussed this right now? I would have guessed maybe like 2005. Really? Yeah. <laughs> Russians and Americans in a spy Cold War thriller... The, the the government there's a lot here about the the government no, basically guess, controlling everything like it's guess, a very communist government that seems to exist in Russia I guess when you put it like that yeah no but I'm just talking about how everything was in the movie how everything looked yeah I it, I still feel like it, it looks it, too 80s yeah I mean I like the look of it I just feel like it would have been better just to make it a Cold War movie uh, it would have made it a little bit more suspenseful too but anyways Jennifer Lawrence accent is not good. It's not a great character. It's it's slightly interesting character. Uh, there are moments where she's... The torture scene, I thought she was really good. Uh, yeah. Some of the other scenes are good. But for the most part, I mean, she she fits this physically. She looks like a spy. She looks like a movie star. I didn't feel like she acted like a movie star in this movie. She, there was nothing memorable about That's her. That's not very nice. Well, let's rank her... Here's the, This is the thing. I, I'm saying I'm a big fan of Jennifer Lawrence. If she's in a movie, I'm going to see it regardless. But if I'm looking at Winter's Bone, um, Silver Linings Playbook, Hunger Games, you know, whatever else, those are like the top ones. I don't feel like Jennifer Lawrence is always good. I actually personally think she's probably one of the weakest things about the X-Men movies. And I'm yeah. sure you'll agree with me on that. Yeah. No, and I, you're a big fan of hers too. I'm a big fan of hers and a big fan of X-Men and I thought that she was just okay. Yeah. So Mystique. she's not always, she's really great with great material. But if she doesn't have great material, I mean, she basically brings her own presence of who she is. Like, she brings Jennifer Lawrence to it. But she doesn't do anything different here other than Jennifer Lawrence in an accent. Do you remember that movie that we watched of hers recently that was really bad? Which one? The one where... Oh, Joy? Oh. oh. That was so bad. But I will say, there's a movie where she at least gave it her all. I didn't feel like she was really giving her all in this that movie. That one was so bad. Yeah, Joy was terrible. Um, Never watch it, people. Never no. watch it. It's, it's like... An hour and 45 minutes plus of your life you'll never get back. Yeah. And it's also a movie that if you pay close enough attention to it, I don't even think you have to pay that close attention. They try to make this woman like she's some hero and some revolutionary, you know, uh, figure in this industry. And when you watch the movie, she's actually quite a terrible person. <laughs> yeah, that's um, true. But, you know, back to this, Joel Edgerton, too little to do with him. I didn't feel like his character was overly interesting either. Uh, but anything to add on Joel Edgerton? He's hot in this movie. <laughs> I like the scene with him at the pool. Yeah, I'm sure you did. I like any scenes where he has clothes off. I'm just going to say, Joel Edgerton can be in any movie and really make it better. This was probably the first time I've seen a movie with him where I'm like, he didn't make it better. Uh, we saw the movie he was in recently, Loving, that uh, 
he did not get an Oscar nomination for, and he should have. That was the one about the the interracial couple in the '60s or whatever. Do you remember they were forced to move because they were having children? Uh, oh yes. Yeah, I'm showing you the poster yes. now. You remember? Yeah. Amazing in that movie. That was a great movie. Um, Jane got a gun with Natalie Portman. <laughs> like you know, I'm not a Natalie Portman oh, Black fan. Mass. He, he was, was really good in he Black was Mass. Great in Black Mass. Yeah. Um, going back here, Zero Dark Thirty, small role, amazing in it. Uh, great Gatsby. The only good thing about it, The Thing. I love the movie The Thing because I thought he was great in it. Um, and what's that one that he made with uh, Jennifer Garner? The um, uh, the Odd Life of Timothy Green should never have been a great movie. He was great in it. So like Joel Edgerton can do anything. If I'm ranking all my favorite Joel Edgerton performances, this is probably close to the bottom as well. And it's just weird to me that you have two actors that I really love, Jennifer Lawrence and Joel Edgerton, doing a spy movie, a really big budget spy movie that has an interesting premise. And for some reason, I just don't love anything about this movie. Um, other than the uncle, anybody else you really liked the movie? I mean, Jeremy Irons was a glorified cameo. I didn't think it was anything big. Yeah, I think that's probably it, to be honest with you. Yeah, the uncle was great, though. Mm-hmm. Like, I thought he was fantastic. Um, and it, it would have... I, I did actually more. like the instructor lady. Yeah, again, small role, because it's really just, I guess, a 20-minute section of the movie or whatever. But there are a couple of decent characters here, but overall it's not great. Um, anything else you want to add on this? You want to get into the ratings? Uh, probably the ratings, yeah. All right. <laughs> that's your I, way of saying I've got nothing left I, to say. I just... It's, it's not that... Uh, it was bad. Like I said, I really liked it. I just, just I got nothing else to say. Uh, buy it, rent it, bin it. Uh, well, you know that I'm going to buy it. Right? Oh, how can you buy this movie? Do you? Is there anything that you even rent? You just binned Atomic Blonde. I think that's the only one. Yeah, it was really bad, that one. This one I would buy. The, why would oh. you buy it? I want you to defend buy- buying this instead of... Let's, let's first come up with a distinction, because I'm going to argue... You're banging your head right now against books on the desk. Uh, I want to I want to come up with a distinction between buy it and rent it. A person can buy anything, okay? There are movies that I buy in real life let, that I let, would not buy a as a review. Let me just put a description for you, okay? Okay. You're looking at me like I'm the idiot right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So listen closely. I understood Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy. Listen closely, Hilding, okay? Um, when I say buy it, that means that I have the intention that we will own this movie in our home. If I have no intention to, to buy it, and let's say it's just something where it's like, oh, if it's on Netflix again or on TV again, I'd watch it, then I say rent it. Okay. That's my system. So okay. when I no, say buy it, but... it's, it's because I want to buy it for Okay, but you see, that's the problem, is that we did the Mummy episode last year where people go back over and listen to it. Jamie spends the entire movie talking about how bad everything was in The Mummy. As I'm defending it, saying it's not even a great movie, but okay, I enjoyed but, this. And you're like, you it was why? terrible. And then we end it. She goes, you know, I think I would buy it. We need to come up with a separation I told here. you the reason why, though, for that. And you laughed at me. I said, I would want to buy it because we own all the other mu- Mummy movies. So then that's part of the okay. question. But I'm also <laughs> bitter because there's nothing that tops the first two movies. Yeah, but you know what's funny? I did buy The Mummy, even though I rented it as a review because there should be a you know a separation there. Uh, and I watched it, and you're just like, ugh, this movie's terrible. So even though you said you want I think you changed it to a rent it because of that, but the, I'm, I'm bargaining with you to change here, not because I think you're so wrong, uh, even though you are, but can you stop trying to eat my book? <laughs> the weird things Jamie says on the air that I'm going to call out now. I'm not eating it. I'm just, I'm just putting my lips up against it. Okay, but... Here's the thing. There are a lot of movies that I, I got, own. I got but... big lips. They got they take up a lot of space, okay? Okay. Then close them for a second and let me speak. <laughs> so, 
you can buy a movie that's in a $5 bin at Walmart. That's not what I consider buying a movie. Buy it basically means, yes, definitely recommend this movie. You're telling other people, you should spend your hard-earned money to buy this movie at $20, $25. If you say rent it, it's like, yeah, you know what? If you can you know, uh, get it for 5 bucks on the Cineplex store or Amazon or whatever else people rent it from, fine. Or if it's on Netflix, watch it. Bin it means this movie's not worth it. Avoid it at all costs. So we're not talking about if you're going to personally buy this when it's in the discount bin at Walmart, which I know is what... You would actually pay for it. What would okay, you I, I changed, recommend buying this renting or bidding? I changed my mind. Okay. I'm going to buy it. Oh, <laughs> shut up. <laughs> would you actually recommend people spend $25, $30 to own Red Sparrow? I would buy it if it was 15 If it was more than 15 I wouldn't. Then that's not a, that's a half price. That's like saying, yeah, I would pay to see this in the theaters, but only on cheap night on Tuesdays. No, that's the way I am with most $7. things because I'm I'm cheap and I, I like to save money except for when it comes to like food. So should we be fair and say that this is a pretty positive rent it from you and not a buy it? Because you're not describing anything about this movie as a buy it. Um, instead of a positive rent it, I would be like a light buy it. Okay, then we're going to call that a rent it officially. No, a light buy oh, it. This is impossible. Look what I live with people. Um, that's here's called, the thing. That's called living with a woman. I, <laughs> I enjoyed this movie for the most part. Um, if this movie were on TV, I would watch it. There was a movie that I actually really loved that was on this weekend that was much better than this, which is Salt. Despite the fact that it has Angelina Jolie in it, who I can't stand. Um, Salt, I own that movie. Uh, I did not pay full price for it, and I loved Salt. Uh, if Salt is on TV, I am watching it. If this is on TV, I may check it out. I'd be curious to check it out a second time to see. I have a feeling this is one of these movies that if you are impressed by it, it's not going to hold up well. This movie will not hold up well 10 years from now. But I can't bring myself to say even rent it because I don't feel like there's anything in here that people need to spend their money on. This is worth watching out of curiosity if it's free and on TV and that's it. Thanks for tuning in, people. <laughs> I would. I'll, I'm going to honestly say this is a binet, and I'll oh, give you. But come here's on. no. But here's the thing. You know how much okay, I love. I'm, I'm actually going to walk away now. I started this episode saying any spy movie, whether it's James Bond, Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy, Mission Impossible, anything, I will watch it regardless. Bad Netflix spy movies. I'm watching. In all honesty, we binned Atomic Blonde last year and I put it on my list of like the three most disappointing movies of the year but how many times we've been in Walmart and we've seen Atomic Blonde I'm like huh yeah maybe I could check that movie out again no but that's the thing is that it's it's a spy movie I'm still interested to see it again but I can't recommend somebody buy this because this it's like Atomic Blonde this is a bin worthy movie okay and you're buying it I heard your opinion and you're buying it yeah you disgust me. You're going to annoy people now. You're going to annoy people because right now everybody has seen this because they waited three weeks for you to talk about a movie we saw on opening night. And they're like, how is this woman buying Red Sparrow? You can lead a horse to water, but you can't force it to drink. Now shut up and finish your episode. You can do what to a horse? I said you can lead a horse to water, but you can't force it to drink. Now shut up and finish your episode. <laughs> You're, you get off these episodes. You are banned from the Oz Network. <laughs> For buying Red Sparrow. Uh, I'll buy almost anything. That's why we're still renting an apartment. <laughs> a very nice apartment, but we're renting. Um, anyways, yeah, I'm just happy we did not wake Casper up. We got I, I, I heard him choking, but 
Well, Can not, you rephrase that? People he, now think you're a bad mother as well as somebody with bad movie tastes. Well, no, he's he's not making any noise now. I'm sure he's fine. Well, yeah, he was choking and now he's silent. It's okay. I have a monitor. I know he's fine. You're not looking at the monitor. You want to check the monitor? I'll go check. Yeah, you check the monitor. Anyways, I got nothing left to say on this except for it was a disappointing movie. It's not a terrible movie, but there's nothing great about it. Um, but we're going to have a buy it from Jamie. And a bin it from me. Uh, we finally got this episode out there. And you can also listen to our Tomb Raider episode, uh, which I think went up about 24 hours ago. Uh, you can soon listen to my review of Pacific Rim Uprising, which hopefully should be out within the next 24 hours. And then at least one more this week, Seven Days in Entebbe, which was uh, a uh, dramatic reenactment of a terrorist situation, uh, hij- plane hijacking in the 70s. Uh, with two more of my favorite actors, Daniel Bruhl and Rosamund Pike. So, and our child is still alive. He is still alive. She's just updating us. Jamie, you want to talk quickly about how you're going to be joining us for episodes we've been promoting for a while? Oh, yeah. If they include hot guys, sure. Okay. So. Oh, but you have to buy me snacks. All right. Well, I have to buy you snacks. Did you ever, but... did you ever see that, that video with that little toddler online? It's got the curly hair or whatever. No. And they're reaching their hand in a bag and it's going, snacks, snacks. <laughs> A friend, a friend of mine uh, at work tagged me and they said, Jamie, that's so you. And I'm like, I know. I love my snacks. Yeah. Great story. So, do you want to talk about the movies we're going to be watching? Snacks. <laughs> we're going to be watching snacks, apparently. Um, yeah. So, we've been talking about we're going to be covering the, the first two Avengers movies before Infinity War comes out. Unfortunately, Ben's not going to be available for that. And Ben and I have other... I don't know. How many do we have? Uh, five, six... We had 11 other episodes to start uh, getting ready for the summer season. So Jamie will be stepping in and possibly Mallory stepping in as well to cover as Jamie's now getting a glass of water because she couldn't sit down for the last 30 seconds of this episode. Uh, we'll be doing the Avengers and I'm sure it's just going to be Jamie talking about shirtless Chris Evans, shirtless Chris Pratt, shirtless Chris Hemsworth, shirtless Mark Ruffalo. Yes, and Casper has a Chris Evans toy now, um, which I'm sure Jamie bought for Casper. But Avengers, those will be coming soon. Um, and I think that's I think that's pretty much it. Uh, Jamie, do you want to come say goodbye at least on the episode that people have spent their hard-earned time on? Oh, okay. I was just refilling the Brita story. All right. I'm a thirsty girl. Okay. You didn't get that, did you? No. <laughs> okay, never mind. Um, I'm classy. I'm classy. <laughs> well then that is it make sure to subscribe to us on itunes uh stitcher like us on facebook follow us on twitter and instagram and Uh, pinterest for geriatric ding dongs look for jamie's geriatric ding dongs board on pinterest my name is colin and my wife is not classy my name is jamie and i am Thank you for listening to the Oz Network. Don't forget to subscribe to get new episodes delivered to your speakers every week. For more information, hit us up at theoznetwork.net.